Hello, everybody. Welcome to the debut episode of the Norman Transcripts new podcast, This Week in Norman, where we talk about all things news. My name is Jesse Crittenden. I am a reporter with the Norman Transcript. And I'm Emma Keith. I'm the Transcripts education reporter. Thank you so much for, for tuning in, everybody. Uh, yeah, to, thanks, guys. Yeah, to our debut podcast. We're so excited to be launching this. Uh, this is kind of a new thing uh, for the Transcript, uh, you know, to have a news podcast. So, Emma, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited. Me too. I think we have a lot of great opportunities here. Right. Absolutely. And so just a little bit about, uh, for, for you listeners, a little bit about why we're launching this podcast. Um, there's a lot of information out there and not only, uh, all the time, um, but especially right now due to this COVID-19 pandemic, everyone's been affected by it in some way. And with a city as big as Norman, there's a lot of news out there. So this kind of gives us a, a different way to kind of get some news out there. Um, we also, uh, as most of you probably know by now, uh, we announced that we no longer are doing the print edition of our news paper on Mondays and Tuesdays. So uh, we'll be launching this podcast every week on Mondays, um, kind of as a way to supplement the loss of that print edition. And uh, also, it's just another way f- uh, for Emma and I to, to keep you guys involved. Um, you know, there's a lot of information, like I said, and this is kind of a different way for us to, to connect with you guys. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of good reasons to do this. I'm excited again. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, the two of us have been working from home for a few weeks now. So obviously, we, we miss getting out there and talking to you guys and um, even just want to interact with readers on any level we can right now. We also just um, want to provide an overview of what's happening every week in Norman. So what you can expect from this podcast every Monday is a look at what happened the last week in Norman and surrounding areas, anything that you might need to know moving forward, and then a look at the week ahead, um, what you should be keeping an eye on in Norman or more, uh, things that might affect you in the surrounding areas in the next few days. Uh, We'll also hopefully be providing just a little bit of analysis. So um, Jesse covers the city of Moore, Moore Public Schools, um, and a lot of other topics. I cover Norman Public Schools, the University of Oklahoma, and, you know, anything else that needs to be written to. So between the two of us, we're hoping to just lend a little bit of what we know from our beats to some of these conversations um, and just talk with each other and you about um, some context for what's happening in, in Norman and Oklahoma right now. We are trying to keep these podcasts to 15 or 20 minutes. We know you guys are busy um, and you might not have much time to absorb the news right now. Um, so for your sake and ours, we're going to try and keep it short. Well, and Emma, you, you and I both know I, I you know, I, I like talking quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm going so to count on you to, uh, to help rein me in from time to All time. All right, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So with that, let's let's talk just a, a little bit about a couple of things that happened um, this past week uh, here in Norman. Um, I think the biggest thing, obviously, Emma, is that uh, Mayor Bria Clark announced her healthier at home order uh, in a an attempt to kind of reopen the the city economy here and to reopen some businesses, kind of get some people um, back out there to work. Um, this is obviously kind of comes after Governor Stitt's order um, just a couple of weeks ago to kind of reopen the state economy. So, Emma, can you kind of tell us what that what that order kind of looks like and uh, how it may impact Norman residents? Yeah. So 
Mayor Bria Clark on Wednesday, April 29th, um, issued this healthier at home order. And it's important to note that this is a phased plan. So there are several phases that will start reopening Norman businesses and extracurricular activities and even places of worship. So as of last Friday, May 1st, a few businesses were allowed to reopen under certain specifications. As of May 1st, Norman restaurants can now have their dining rooms open, but by reservation only. And they have to make sure that the seating arrangements are adhering to social distancing. Um, Norman's gyms were fully closed under previous orders, but now they can reopen again with proper social distancing and sanitation uh, procedures here. Norman's pet groomers can open by appointment only. Retail stores can open at 35% capacity. And residents can resume some one-on-one activities like music lessons or personal training. Uh, some, outdoor, some outdoor activities can also resume. So golf courses, tennis courts, pickleball courts, soccer fields, baseball, and softball fields are reopened as of May 1st. But it's important to keep in mind that in-person gatherings in Norman are still limited to 10 people or less until at least May 29th. And again, with this being a phased plan, uh, the way we move forward depends on how we act now. So Norman's ability to move into the next phase um, will depend on a few things, including our local hospital bed availability, local testing availability, and the trajectory of our three-day new case average. So if everything goes right these first two weeks, May 1st through May 14th, On May 15th, we would start on the second part of phase one. And on May 29th, we could start on phase two of Norman's reopening plan. Thank you for that, Emma. And honestly, I think you you and I have kind of talked uh, several times now about, you know, this is obviously something that Norman residents were kind of looking for after Governor Stitt's order. They were kind of looking at what's the council going to do? What's Mayor Clark going to do? And as we've kind of talked about, this is not exactly uh, the, you know, a replica of the order from Governor Stitt. So this is kind of an example of Governor Stitt's made his order and the Norman uh, Mayor Bria Clark has kind of rearranged it to fit Norman. Right. And as you know well, other surrounding cities aren't doing the exact same thing Norman is. Talk to us about what's happening in Moore. Yeah. So, yeah, just to speak to that a little bit more, kind of was doing similar things to Norman uh, through March and uh, a lot of April. But actually, uh, last week on April 23rd, they actually rescinded their shelter in place order. Um, it was set to expire at the end of the month, uh, at the end of April, uh, pardon me, but they, they cut it off a week early. And uh, I was speaking with uh, city manager Brooks Mitchell there and Warren. He told me they are just going to adhere to uh, Governor Stitt's orders, Governor Stitt's plans for the rest of the state. They think that's the easiest way to do it. That's the, the safest way to do it. Um, but obviously, Mayor Clark, um, you know, kind of took initiative, you know, as one of the mayors, first mayors in the state to issue some of these orders. So obviously, she feels that that it's kind of important to kind of tailor her own specific order to fit the needs here in Norman. Right. But that doesn't mean that um, that order has gone without challenge. This past week, we did see some legal recourse from some Norman business owners. Yeah, we did. You know, that's kind of one of the things we were talking about, too, is how are different businesses, how are different people going to react to this order? And uh, as we were recording today, our city reporter, uh, Mindy Wood, um, uh, put out a a story that there are three salon owners 
uh, here in Norman who are actually suing uh, Mayor Breer Clark, uh, claiming that she is unfairly targeting salons in her order. So salon owners are responding to this because under the city's phased reopening plan, you know, some businesses can reopen May 1st under phase 1A, but then phase 1B would go into effect May 15th. And that's when personal care providers like hair salons, uh, nail or tanning salons could reopen by appointment only. We could also see some places of worship start to reopen then too. But yeah, uh, they they kind of, they in their uh, in their court document um, they talked about or they feel that. Mayor Clark's order is unconstitutional according to the state constitution. Um, They cite um, some terminology um, in the state constitution um, that municipal governments cannot uh, enact regulations that are inconsistent with the constitution or any other Oklahoma laws. They also point to the fact that there are a lot of different municipalities across the state who have already allowed salons to order to, uh, to reopen Um, obviously with some restrictions. So I think they just feel a little bit more targeted in Norman. Um, They also pointed to the fact that uh, dentists and optometrists are already allowed to reopen. Um, But Mayor Clark has already kind of uh, pushed back on that a little bit. She, she said in her orders, she, she considered dentist's office and optometrist's office to be kind of a health, a health resource for people that need it. And obviously doesn't feel that salons quite uh, fall into that category. But as you were saying, I think uh, this may not be the only thing that we see. Um, obviously, people are going to have different reactions um, to this order and it's going to affect people differently, but it'll be interesting to see how this goes the next few days. Definitely. And it'll be interesting to watch. Um, you know, Hopefully, we can proceed with this uh, phased plan as it's planned. But again, our ability to move forward with Norman's reopening plan is contingent on Norman residents and businesses continuing to follow social distancing measures, uh, continuing to use PPE as needed. So the city has emphasized here that during these first few stages, businesses are going to have to continue to enforce social distancing, make sure that their employees are staying well and aren't coming in with the virus and making sure their employees are wearing masks and PPE as needed. Uh, The city has also emphasized that Norman residents need to be doing the same thing, you know, keep wearing masks, whatever facial coverings you've been relying on, um, and keep practicing very thorough hygiene during this time, you know, and and still continuing to maybe not go out uh, as much as you normally would. Right. You know, and I think you and I, we've both talked to, to several healthcare professionals um, here in Norman over the last couple of weeks. And I think they've, they've wanted to continue to reiterate, which is the virus is still here. The virus right. hasn't gone anywhere. Um, just because uh, businesses and uh, cities across the state are reopening doesn't mean necessarily that it's safe to go back out and resume daily life. Right. And, and while rates are decreasing, we're still seeing new cases and deaths pretty much every day. Uh, so, you know, the numbers are going down, but they are still there. There is still a virus to be cautious about out there. And before we move forward to what's happening this next week, something else that happened last week, uh, in a little bit lighter news, Norman Public Schools named its 2020 Teacher of the Year. Uh, Norman Public Schools usually has this annual celebration of excellence. You know, it's a banquet at the Embassy Suites. It's a night of celebration. People get to walk across the stage and receive awards. Obviously, that can't really happen right now. So NPS had its first virtual celebration of excellence last Thursday. 
They honored 25 site teachers of the year, gave out awards like rookie teacher of the year, and they named Jessica Eschbach, a teacher librarian at Kennedy Elementary, the 2020 district teacher of the year. It was really sweet to watch. They uh, streamed the ceremony and, you know, took us live to uh, Jessica Eschbach's front yard where Dr. Nick Miliarino presented her with the teacher of the year award and uh, a bunch of cars full of administrators and board members drove by and honked at her and waved and cheered. So, um, the school district is definitely adjusting to uh, social distancing requirements and this new virtual world. No, absolutely. And congratulations to Jessica. Obviously, this has been a, a, a weird school year um, for a variety of reasons. Right. Um, but, you know, kind of what we were talking about, it's it's been interesting to see how the school districts are kind of adjusting to distance learning and social distancing. I mean, there's not a blueprint for these schools you know, no. to, to necessarily go through this. Most, I mean, schools districts have never had to deal with a problem like this before. You know, I, I think we should give a shout out to all of the the, the teachers and, and yeah. students in both Norman and Moore. Um, this is just such a different time or tough time, uh, but it, it affects all these students differently, whatever level uh, of grade they're at. It has different ramifications. So a uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So let's, let's take a look at uh, a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, in the next few days. Uh, I think one of the main ones, obviously, is uh, the City Council of Norman is having a study session on Tuesday, May 5th. Now, as we record this uh, on on May 1st, on Friday, um, there is not an agenda up um, on the city's website for what exactly they're going to be discussing. Um, but I think it's important to note that uh, city they are planning to reopen city buildings to the public uh, with proper hygiene measures, social distancing protocols, those type of things. And uh, we're looking at a possibility that meetings um, are going to start resuming in person yeah. um, here here in May, um, obviously with some social distancing protocols as well. Um, so that'll be something to kind of look at. Obviously, this is a this is a, a different time in the city as well, and I think a lot of people have different opinions on how the city should kind of uh, mitigate through all this craziness. Um, so anybody out there that's interested in this uh, this study session on Tuesday, uh, we recommend either uh, tuning in. Um, virtually or seeing if maybe they, they open it up to the public, Emma. And speaking of opening to the public, uh, the OU Board of Regents is also meeting in person this week. So this Friday and Saturday, they will meet on the Norman campus. Those meetings are going to be shared via Zoom too. So if you don't feel comfortable going in person yet, you can watch online. Um, according to a notice that they filed with the Secretary of State, they're going to be using COVID-19 measures during their meetings to keep everyone safe. And they are going to be meeting over those two days, but the Saturday meeting will be mostly an executive session. So the regents won't be able to take any action and it won't be open to the public. Otherwise, again, you should be able to watch the rest of the meetings. They will be open to the public, but we're not quite sure yet um, what's going to be discussed during those meetings because, you know, as of now, the regions have not released an agenda. So that's something to look forward to. The agenda should come out later this week. 
Uh, and then there is always plenty of news that comes out of OU Regents meetings. No, absolutely. And and Emma, you know, I know this has been, uh, you know, this has been a different challenge for you the last few weeks trying to cover the University of Oklahoma for a variety of reasons. But I think obviously the main one being that the University of Oklahoma has a, a major impact in, in a lot of different kinds uh, or a lot of different aspects of Norman. Right. Um, not only just uh, obviously parents and students um, here in Norman, but also businesses. Is, um, I mean, the local economy really relies on OU. So a lot of these decisions and these meetings that they're going to have over the next few weeks are going to provide a lot, you know, potentially provide a lot of information on how they're going to handle this pandemic. Absolutely. And, you know, even this coming weekend was supposed to be graduation weekend. So, you know, normally thousands of students and family members and loved ones would flood into Norman. Businesses would get one of their biggest weekends of the spring. You know, I I talked to a few businesses a few weeks back that said, we really rely on graduation, both in the winter and in the spring, uh, to, to keep us going. And it's a huge event comparable to a football weekend. So, you know, businesses are missing out on a a big weekend with OU not having in-person graduation ceremonies. But something else to look forward to this week, OU is hosting a virtual commencement ceremony this Friday at 8 p.m. It's not replacing in-person ceremonies. The the university does still plan to have in-person graduation ceremonies this August. But for now, to stay safe, they're holding a virtual ceremony. You can watch it at ou.edu slash commencement or on Cox's Your View Channel 3. And just because commencement is virtual and there's no in-person graduation ceremonies right now doesn't mean people aren't graduating. The university is still going to give degrees this weekend and, and people are still going to graduate. It's just going to look a little bit different from usual. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, while I think obviously it's unfortunate that, that uh, these students aren't going to necessarily experience a regular commencement uh, ceremony, you know, I also think it's just interesting, you know, most people don't ever get to experience a virtual commencement. So I'll be interested to see how that, you know, how it works, how they do it, you know, kind of the response from it. You know, I don't think it's ideal for anybody, but I also think this is kind of, this is be kind of interesting, maybe just for me personally to see how they do this. That's definitely what the university has been emphasizing. This is the first ever virtual commencement ceremony. So right. we'll see how it goes. Right. I kind of like, I like that spin on it. That's, that's yeah. nice. Um, so, and I think uh, maybe, you know, kind of wrapping up towards the end here, Emma, we should talk just a little bit about a couple of things we're looking at um, yeah. you know, to write about um, the next, the coming few days. And so to keep with the commencement uh, topic, uh, more public schools as of Friday, uh, May 1st, has yet to make uh, a decision regarding their commencement ceremonies for their three high schools, um, you know, just to kind of compare it. Uh, Norman has been proactive uh, in making decisions on their virtual graduation ceremonies. Um, as you know, um, they made those, they made the decision to make those virtual with Norman North's coming on the 21st, followed by Norman High's on the 22nd. And so I think to kind of keep in mind, while Norman is is a big school district. More is, is even bigger um, with, with more students and three high schools. So I think I, I've been talking with Don Jones, the, uh, the communications director at, uh, with more public schools. And she has kind of reiterated to me over and over. They're just watching, they're watching the news. They're watching how this develops before making right. decisions. But I also don't think it was necessarily expected for the city of Moore to rescind their shelter in place order um, so quickly. 
in April. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that changes at all what they're going to do. But either way, I think we should expect a decision pretty soon because those commencement ceremonies are right around the corner. I mean, they're they're here in, in just a couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they do it. Absolutely. And I'm not sure what it'll look like in more, obviously, but in Norman, even though they've scheduled these virtual ceremonies, Dr. Miliarino has said multiple times that he and administrators are really committed to giving students an in-person graduation at some point. So things look a little bit different right now, but, uh, you know, administrators are still saying our 2020 seniors are going to get in-person ceremonies. Right. And, you know, I I obviously I love that idea, but, you know, even things like that are still up in the air. Obviously, as school school districts know, I mean, there's no there's really no way to predict exactly what's going to happen with with this pandemic, especially now with uh, with Norman attempting a three phase plan to reopen. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that develops and how it affects um, decisions like that. Do these students eventually get a normal commencement ceremony? It's tough to say right now. Definitely. Yeah. And on that note, you know, as of today, again, Friday, May 1st, we've got 3,748 total COVID-19 cases and 222 COVID-related deaths in Oklahoma. So those numbers are still continuing to go up daily. Again, the the rolling seven-day average has gone down over the month of April, but we're still seeing, seeing you know, upwards of 100 new cases daily some days. Um, A few things have changed recently in the way that Oklahoma uh, looks at these cases and, you know, is is trying to test for more. So the state is now counting both positive cases and probable cases in its daily COVID-19 case totals. That's a CDC guideline that's relatively new. It's not necessarily just a choice that Oklahoma has made. Um, The governor and other state health officials also really emphasized last week that they're going to be trying to expand testing over the month of May. So Oklahoma has now opened up testing to anyone who wants a test. Previously, you had to be showing COVID-19 symptoms to get a test or had been exposed to someone who had the virus. Now you don't need a doctor's referral and you don't need symptoms to get the test. Um, And lots of spots around Oklahoma are opening or offering mobile testing facilities or curbside testing, including the Cleveland County Health Department and OU's Health Services Center. Um, So testing is being made more available. The state is sending out these these caring vans that hopefully are going to take testing to more rural communities and urban communities over the coming weeks. But right now, you know, as you mentioned, we're keeping an eye on it, but it's kind of unclear what this convergence of more testing and the state reopening is going to look like throughout the month of May. Right. Especially, you know, as most of us know by now, I mean, uh, this virus could be asymptomatic in some people. Right. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's reasonable to infer that not everybody that has, that has contracted COVID-19 has necessarily been tested for it. Definitely. So like you said, it will be interesting to see, not only if that how that affects um, the state total of COVID nineteen cases, but how city governments and how health officials handle um, any change in the data as a result. But Definitely. I think, as you and I have talked to to medical professionals the last few weeks, uh, I think all of them have made it pretty clear we need more testing. The more testing we have, the better idea we'll have of how this pandemic is affecting 
or is it, sorry, excuse me, is affecting the state of Oklahoma. And, you know, you, once you have a better idea of that, you can make better decisions when you have a, a better idea of it. So that'll be interesting. Definitely. Like you said, everyone we've talked to has said, we need more testing and we should probably expect a second wave. Not sure when exactly that's going to happen, but it's not unreasonable to assume that at some point we're going to get another wave of new COVID-19 cases. So all things for um, city and state leaders to keep in mind. And again, for Norma to keep in mind as we consider moving into the next stage of this phased plan come May 15th. Right, right. One more thing that I'm reporting on in these next few weeks and have been reporting on is nursing homes in Norman. So there have been a few nursing homes and long-term care facilities here that have had cases, um, but there's only two facilities that have had COVID-19 related deaths. Um, In Grace Living Center, there's been at least 10 residents that have died in relation to the virus. And at Brookhaven Extensive Care, there have been at least five deaths. Um, so state health officials did say last week that through the month of May, Oklahoma is going to be using a saliva test and uh, deploying state health department folks to test all residents and all staffers that are working or living at Oklahoma long-term care facilities. So it'll definitely be interesting to see throughout May um, some of the results that come out of that, hopefully enhanced testing uh, in those facilities. Uh, Again, I'm working on questions to ask of the state and nursing homes in Norman, but you know, I'm also trying to talk to families that have had experiences in those facilities. So if you have experience with the Norman nursing home or long-term care facility, know that I would love to hear from you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously um, we know this is kind of a sensitive uh, uh, subject, uh, you know, especially when it comes to the pandemic. And I think unfortunately uh, data shows that it's had a, a, a disproportionate impact on elderly residents. Definitely. Um, and so, and, and elderly residents kind of in general kind of uh, need different care uh, than other parts of the population. So, uh, you know, I think this is a good thing that you're looking into, and um, anybody that's that's interested in in, in helping and helping them out with this one, I think that I think that'd be awesome. Well, on that note, um, we would we would like to uh, to thank everybody. On that, on that unfortunate <laughs> note, <laughs> well, we are we are ending our inaugural podcast. <laughs> Uh, we would, uh, we would, we just, again, would like to, to thank everybody for, for listening to our inaugural podcast and, and bearing with us as we, uh, as we, uh, get used to, get used to the rhythm and rhyme of a, of a new, uh, podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, we would love to hear from you guys about anything, whether you have suggestions or tips on what we should be working on, or just want to give us feedback. Uh, Jesse, where can people find you? They can find me uh online all right through my email which is uh j crittenden uh c-r-i-t-t-e-n-d-e-n at normantranscript.com um or obviously uh, reach out to me um through facebook or through twitter emma where can people reach out to you i'm so glad you asked jesse people can find me at e keith that's e-k-e-i-t-h at normantranscript.com or again on Facebook or on Twitter at Emma underscore C Keith.
And you can find us as a newspaper at normantranscripts.com or The Norman Transcript on Facebook. And finally, at Norman News on Twitter. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. And again, thank you so much for for reaching out. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next podcast next Monday. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.